0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. As we begin this morning, I want to ask you a question. Why are you here? Now you may... Say, well, I need more information. you talking about why am I here in church this morning? Well, obviously we want to be here is so why we're, we're here in church this morning. The question is much broader and deeper than that. Why are you here in this church? Why are you here in this community? Why are you here in this county? Why are you in this state? Why are you in this country? Why are you here on this earth? You see, the the question snowballs rather quickly. It gets a lot more uh, difficult to to answer <clears throat> have you ever thought about what role God plays in that now you may say well God doesn't play a role in where I am he he gives me free will to come and go as I please and and be where I want to be you really believe that I suppose when God told Abraham to pack up everything and leave the country that he was part of, Abraham could have said, yeah, I don't think so. I think I like it here. I think I'm just going to stay. Well, you suppose the outcome would have been. Have you ever thought about what role God plays in, in where you are at this date and point in time in your life? I went back to as most of you know, uh, I've been spending a lot of time in 1 Peter here recently. And, and uh, as I was reading through 1 Peter chapter 1, again, there was a, something caught my attention that never had 63 years, and never had caught my attention before. And uh, I'm ashamed to admit that. But uh, in uh, the first chapter, the first verse of 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter makes a says a phrase, and I've just flown right past it. Never thought about it. First thing it says is the apostle Peter. So first thing catches my attention is who who's writing it. Pretty pretty important fellow. Pretty powerful fellow. One of the twelve apostles. Went through some hard times and came out the other side and was was all the stronger for it. That caught my attention. Then in the latter part of the verse, it talks about who who I thought, as I missed the point entirely, he talked about who, who I thought he was talking to. Bithynia, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, places like that. So that was interesting. But as I read it, Again, just a couple of months ago, and began to think about this, this study this morning, the phrase in between those two two items caught my attention. And it's a strange phrase, and it's a simple phrase, but it quite simply reads Peter, apostle of Jesus Christ, and to the strangers throughout. You see, he wasn't writing to these places that he goes on to name, he was writing to the strangers. Who were they? We don't know. But what we do know is they were important enough for Peter to write an epistle to them. That began to, to pique my attention. Throughout the New Testament, there are various phrases are used to describe those that people who, of God who make up the Lord's church. You know, sometimes we refer to them as disciples, saints, believers, Christians. Collectively, they're called the church, church of God, churches of Christ, body of Christ, temple of God, family of God. All these phrases are biblical in nature. All of them at some time or another are used to refer, refer to the people of God. And each one describes a different, maybe a different or a continuing relationship that uh, we're responsible to maintain with God. But this phrase is a little different. Let's read in 1 Peter 1 and 1. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Now, this region is known as Asia Minor, And typically the people that were there in the region were Gentiles. But there were others scattered about throughout this. And those are the people that Peter was writing to. Some of those, as we'll see in a moment, could have been Gentiles. Some of them, most likely, were Jews in nature. How did they end up here? What were they doing there? What are you doing here? Well, I could say I was born and raised here, and I I jokingly tell people sometimes I never made enough money to leave, so that's why I'm here. But that's not really true. You might say, well, I got married, and that's where my spouse lived, and that's where I moved to. Or maybe you moved here for a job. Why were these people here at this time? That strange phrase becomes a little more apparent when we, if we read the New King James Version. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, pilgrims is a phrase that we recognize from the Bible. There have been others that have been noted as being pilgrims before. I guess Abraham was considered the the first pilgrim. We'll be talking about him somewhat throughout. But to the pilgrims of the dispersion, that's a a little bit of a strange phrase in itself. If you look at the uh, Spanish, expatriados de la dispersion. And that expatriados is our English word, expatriates, which means stranger. Someone that doesn't belong there. So let's look at the, a few definitions to start with and, and get a better idea of what this, what this is talking about. I think if we properly understand this phrase, it can be beneficial to us and give us some insight into some things that we need to, to realize, like what the Christian life is actually about. Maybe important responsibilities expected of Christians. Maybe it can give us some insight into our true home and our goal in life. You see stranger, or pilgrim here, same means the same Greek thing. It's the same Greek word. It's transliterated from the Greek word parapodos, parapodemos, excuse me, which is actually a combination of two words or maybe three words, depending on how you look at it. We'll just talk about two. The word para means near, that is from, or beside, literally, or figuratively, at, or in the vicinity of. Now, epidemio is actually two words in itself, but it is, Defined is one word, so we'll just use that definition. To make oneself at home, that is, by extension, to reside as in a foreign country, dwelling there, a stranger. Now, that's a little wordy for me. But Thayer brings it to light. And although his definition is long, it, it makes me understand exactly what we're talking about. Thayer says that a stranger or a pilgrim is one who comes from a foreign country into a city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. He's a stranger. Sojourning in a strange place, a foreigner. Now this is the one we need to pay the most attention to. In the New Testament, in reference to heaven as the native country, one who sojourns here on the earth. That begins to make sense. So these strangers, here in this place that Peter was riding to, didn't really belong there. And they knew they didn't belong there. They knew they were only there for a temporary time. But they were there for a purpose. They were there for a reason. And that's what we want to glean from this study this morning. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, chapter 13, Speaking of Abraham, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, the word strangers here is actually a little different word, but it, if you lay the definition side by side, they mean the same thing. Pilgrims is exactly the same word as we defined just a, a few, well, few moments ago, parapademos. <clears throat> the meaning of the word scattered or as the, the uh, Spanish talked about the dispersion is actually a dispersion. That is specifically and concretely the converted Israelites resident in Gentile countries which are scattered abroad. Now By definition, you would think we're talking about Israelites here or Jews that were scattered throughout these areas. It's a noun form of the verb, disperio, to sow throughout, that is figuratively, distribute in foreign lands scattered abroad, to sow, to scatter seed. So here were some people that were taken out of their homeland, their country. They were scattered into a different country. Now, because of this definition, some would believe that uh, these are, are all Israelites that are all Jewish, excuse me, that, uh, that Peter was speaking to here. If we look at John chapter 7, verse 35, the Bible says, Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go, that, he shall not fi- that we shall not find him? Will he go into the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? So that looks like what's going on here. And uh, so as a result of of the Assyrian and Babylonian captivities, these people have been dispersed to this area. And it causes many to believe that Peter's just writing to Jewish Christians here. Those who were living in the regions of of modern-day Turkey, what would be modern-day Turkey, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, that we saw there in verse 1. But uh, I think if you continue to read in First Peter, there's good reason to believe that Peter was writing to all Christians, both Jewish and Gentile, all those who were scattered about in these regions. Comments are made in this epistle that would indicate that Gentiles are being addressed as well as, as Jews. Uh, in verse 14 of 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Now that would be a little bit of a, a strange way to describe Jewish Christians, wouldn't it? Even Jesus said in John 4 and 4 that the Jews knew what they were doing. They knew what they worshipped. So that would be a little bit of a strange, strange thing to say about Jewish Christians. 1 Peter 1 and 20 and 21, Peter writes, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Jews always believed that they were the chosen of God. But here Peter writes that it was manifest in these last times. Well, the last times didn't begin until after Jesus Was crucified on the cross. And then Peter himself was involved. In administering the gospel. To the Gentiles. So the Gentiles were brought in. They were brought in in the last times. But the most convincing phrase that Peter uses. That indicates that Gentiles were included. In this admonition is in 1 Peter 2 and 10. It says which in time past were not a people. Now the the Jews were always God's people. But now in times past, Peter says they were not a people. Who's that talking about? He also says they have not obtained mercy. Well, the Jews had always had the mercy of God. So he's, who's he talking about in there? Now he says in this time, but are now the people of God. Not only that, but now they have obtained mercy. That's got to be talking about, about Gentiles. So if this is true, Peter implies by using this term, strangers scattered throughout this area, he's talking about all Christians. Everybody that's scattered throughout, uh, throughout that area. So if you're a Christian this morning, why are you here? So with this understanding in mind, let's look at some things that we can learn and, and that, are be, that are implied by being a stranger scattered in a foreign country. This reveals to me what the Christian life is really supposed to be. We may struggle with this from time to time, but, but I think this is the picture of what the Christian life is supposed to be. We're supposed to understand that we're only here for a temporary time and that our efforts during that temporary time is to bring glory to God. It's just a journey. When we've talked about pilgrims in the the past, and it's been done many, many times, that is the impact, that this life is just a journey. It's just a temporary time. It begins when we first become Christians, and it ends when we reach that final destination that we seek. And this ought to affect our entire perspective on, on life. It's not just an end to itself. It's just a temporary trip before, toward a final destination. And if we have that attitude, then our homes, our jobs, our possessions, everything that we have, everything that we have been blessed with in this life takes on a different meaning, doesn't it? It should be du- viewed in a different light. When we begin to view life in this way, it should affect our Perspective on death. Death shouldn't be something that we dread so badly. It shouldn't be something that we look on as as being so horrendous. It's not the end of life. It's just the end of this part of the journey. It's not the end of life. It's just the beginning of eternity. It's our true home. To start on this journey, we need to have a goal of becoming like Abraham was. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, beginning in the 8th verse, the Bible writes By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him. Of the same promise. The word sojourn there. Means to dwell near. That is to reside as a foreigner. Sojourn in. Be a stranger. Almost identical. To the words we saw earlier. Now look also. In Hebrews chapter 11. uh, Beginning in the 13th verse. The Bible says. These all died in faith. Not having received the promise. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They're the same phrase. But I want you to notice what these people, Abraham and and the forefathers, the, the patriarchs of that time, what they confessed. They confessed. They understood that they were pilgrims and strangers. Do you understand that today? Do you grasp that concept? They confessed it. They understood it. For they that say such things declare plainly that we seek a country, that they seek a country. Are you seeking a country this morning? Do you understand that this world is not your home, that you're seeking a better place? Continuing on, verse 15, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. This is it. This is the problem. I didn't realize it for a long time. It took me years and years to realize it, but this is the problem with being a Christian today. You see, speaking of those folks that lived in that time, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, if they'd have been mindful of Ur of the Chaldees from the country they came up. They might have said, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go back there. That place was pretty good. We had it pretty good there. Let's find an opportunity to go back. And they might have made an opportunity to go back. How many times do we do that today? We're walking the Christian life. But that old life is in the mind. Those old sins are in the mind. You know, that was a lot of fun. Things were simpler then. I didn't have to avoid all these things. And you create an opportunity to return, and you do return. That's the problem right there. Verse 16 But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them. A city. If this is our attitude. If we desire a better country. A better home. A better place. Then God is not ashamed to be called our God. When you sing the song. This world is not my home. You can truly sing that song. If this is your attitude. That you desire a better place. A heavenly place. This phrase uh, strangers scattered throughout reminds us of an important responsibility that we have and that responsibility is to be separate be different be different from the world First Peter chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 Dearly beloved I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims there's that same phrase abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas ye speak against you as whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they be, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, I ask you, why you're here? Are you doing this? Just the simple action of abstaining from fleshly lust which war against the soul, the Bible says, shows others that may speak evil of you where the glory of God is. They may speak evil of you. They may call you evildoers, but by your good works, they shall behold and glorify God. Are you having that impact? Remaining separate may cause some, some in the world to think you're strange. Well, that's what we're supposed to be as strangers. We're supposed to be strange. 1 Peter 4, verses 3 and 4. The end there of, of, chap, of verse 3, uh, Peter talks about when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. He talks about all those old sins. All these things we should be refraining from. All those things that plague us. And then he goes on in verse 4 to say, Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excessive right, speaking evil of you. Can you say this morning that you're remaining separate? That you've separated yourself from the world and you don't allow the world to influence you anymore. Can you say that? Or do you allow the world to influence you? In your speech. In your dress. In your conduct. Do you allow the world to influence you? What about the love you have for others? Do you allow the world to diminish that? Do you allow the world to influence the way you treat your neighbors? What about your desire for others to be saved? Do you allow the world to influence that? Or are you a stranger in the world and separate from the world? If we allow these things to creep into our life, if we allow the world to influence in these things, then we're not not strangers. We're not pilgrims. We're naturalized citizens of this world. That's what we are. We've turned our back on God. We've turned our back on our heavenly home. And we've made this world, this earthly life, our home. And we remember John's warning in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, and neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God... About us forever. There's that phrase, to do the will of God again. So you think you've been put in this place at this time just to do nothing? Just to be here? Just to exist? Or have you been put here to do the will of God? <clears throat> To be a stranger or a pilgrim should remind us of our true home. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we need to remember that as we live this life and as we wait on the Lord. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. For our conversation is in, the, is in heaven. Conversation there means citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven from whence, we also, from whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ do you remember that your citizenship is in heaven that's where we find our one true home you know Abraham looked for that city now he didn't get to see it in his life but he looked for it are you looking for it today Hebrews 11 verse 10 and verse 16 for he speaking of Abraham looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, but now they desire a better country, that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He that hath prepared them, for hath prepared for them a city. The city to come, the heavenly home. That's what Abraham sought. That's what we should seek today. Hebrews 13 and 14. For there have no. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. That's the question I have for you today. Are you preparing yourself today as seeking that city to come? Is that what you're looking for? Are you looking for whatever you can get out of this life? Whatever pleasures may come your way at this time? Those that were scattered And strangers and foreigners scattered throughout like seed in the world. All all of those people will be gathered together one day in the heavenly home. And you know what? They think about that often. They thought about that often. And I wonder how often we think about it today. When you're away from home, vacation, work, whatever. When you're away from home, how long is it? Before you really, really, really want to go home. Almost to the point of desperation to go home. Is that how you feel about your heavenly home? Or do you even think about that? Do you even consider it? How badly do you want to go home? You see, that's the desire we should have. That's what we should think about, is our heavenly home. If we're truly strangers in this place, we ought to want to go home. So as we begin to wrap this up this morning, I ask you, are you a stranger scattered here in this place at this time? You you are if you're a Christian. If you view your life here on this earth as a journey, a temporary time, In a foreign land. Then you're a stranger here. Are you striving to separate from things in the world. That would lead you away from God. If you are. You're a stranger here. But you're not a stranger. Simply scattered here. For a time if you have not begun your spiritual journey. If you've not obeyed the gospel of Christ. Or if you have begun that walk and you allow the attractions of the world to hinder your journey and begin to think about things that are pretty good right here on this earth. Things that are pretty enjoyable in this life. And you allow your earthly life to separate you from your spiritual life. Allow you to separate you from God. So I ask you again this morning. are you a stranger scattered here in this place at this time for the purpose of doing God's will? One more point I want to make before we close. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Zane brought us a study from the book of James, more specifically in James chapter 1, verse 22. And there it says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And he said in that study, uh, a very popular concept today. And that is, uh, all you have to do is believe in God to be saved. You can be baptized if you want to be. You can pray a prayer uh, for forgiveness if you want to. But really, all you have to do is believe in God. Nothing else is necessary. Is that what that scripture says? After the flood, God commanded Noah and his sons to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's that's the direct commandment he gave them upon disembarking from the ark. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You know what they did? In Genesis 9 and 1, if you want to look that up, that's, where you can find that. That's, that's the exact command he gave. So God told Noah and his sons to disperse, to scatter and replenish the earth. You know what they did? They began to try to build a, a tower to the heavens. You know why they wanted to build that tower? To avoid exactly what God commanded them to do. The Bible says in Genesis 11 14, in verse 4. That they began to build that tower. So that they wouldn't be scattered. They tried to stay together. They wanted to stay together. And be together. So what did God do? He forcibly scattered them. He confounded their language. And forcibly scattered them. Now. Abraham wasn't. I don't believe Abraham was alive at the Tower of Babel. I think it's about 200 years after, after God confounded their language and and dispersed them from Babel that Abraham came on the scene. But now Abraham is 75 years old, and God tells him, Go. I want you to pack up and go. I'll tell you where you're going. I'll tell you when you get there. But this is what I want you to do. Actually, he... He had to travel to multiple places. But God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. You're going to raise up a nation to glorify me and to serve me. Could you have done that? Could you have done that? What was God asking Abraham to do? He was asking him to scatter himself. To be a stranger somewhere else. And to scatter himself. Could you do that? Well we know it took a long time. And there were many disappointments. Many setbacks. Many failures. But I want you to think this morning. Just for a moment. What was God's bottom line. Basic expectation of Abraham. I want you to go. And you're going to make a nation. To glorify me. And I'm going to be their God. They're going to serve me. And by faith Abraham did that. I want you to pay particular attention to the word did. He did it. He didn't deny. He didn't say no I'm happy where I'm at. I'm going to stay here. We have a good life here. We have everything we need. He didn't do that. He did what God commanded him to do. When he got to a place that God commanded him to go to, did he just set up camp and kick back and say, "Okay, God, I'm here. What's next?" You ever thought about the effort it takes to raise up a nation to God? The influence he had to had to administer. On his descendants. He had faith in God. He was obedient to God. He had to teach everyone to be, have faith in God. And to be obedient to God. He had to teach every one of them to do that. As long as he was alive. There were failures. But there were successes too. Abraham had to go where God told him to go and do what God told him to do. He expected him to be obedient. He expected him to raise a nation to his glory. The Bible says in Genesis 22 and 17 that the the nation that Abraham raised up numbered like the sands of the seashore. Can you imagine what kind of effort that took? You think God expects less of us today? Do you? Do you think God allows us today to just say, okay, I'm here. I believe in you, God. Save me. Are you a doer? Are you just a hearer? Are you a doer or are you a hearer? If you need to be baptized this morning, be a doer. Don't just hear the words, be a doer. If you've been baptized, but you have been mindful of the place that you came from, and you've sought opportunity or taken opportunity to return to a life of sin, be a doer. And change that. Let us help you this morning turn back toward God. Make this place your temporary place. Be a stranger here. Be a sojourner here. And realize where your true home is. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.